0: Thanks for listening to the Young Life Midlands podcast. Here we have Ashley Flowers doing a seminar on what does it look like to go on Young Life staff. If you enjoy this, I did do an interview with her a few months back talking about going on Young Life staff. There's a part one, part two. That could be helpful. Hope you Enjoy. that you being in this room makes most of you feel vulnerable for some reason um, maybe you're looking around and you're going like oh dang they're in here is that the caliber of person that should be in this room or maybe you're going you're judgmental you're one of those and you're like oh they're in here I thought the cat whatever it is um, I would love to pray and just offer all that stuff um, that's maybe going on inside of you um, to the Lord so let me pray. Father, um, we are broken vessels. We are shattered clay. Um, But God, you are a redeemer. You are faithful. You are the author of our stories. God, no matter the insecurity we feel in this very moment, no matter the pride that is swelling inside of us, the most true thing about us is that we are redeemed. Uh, We are your children. And we're doing the best we can to cling to you. And so, Father, I pray in this time, as we think and evaluate and um, wonder, um, God, would you give us grace for ourselves um, and grace to the friends that sit beside us. Um, We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Hey, welcome. Just funnel in. Find a seat. There's some (laughs) there-ish. My name's Ashley Flowers. You guys kind of met me this morning. Um, I've been um, a part of the Young Life staff for 12 years, and I did not plan it that way. I was like, I'm gonna do that thing for two years, and then I'm gonna hightail it out of there and do something else where I get to wear J.Crew pencil skirts and make a lot of money. And then that never happened, because I have the world's greatest job. Um, Being on Young Life staff, um, honestly, most days I, I say to myself, and I get paid for this. Um, the, what um, they shared last night, what John was sharing of like the amount of transformation that we get to see in people's lives going from death to life is unreal. The stories that we get to tell. There's some people that claim God to be faithful, and that's just knowledge that's been passed down to them. We talk about God is faithful because we've seen God be faithful. We are on the front lines. We are in it with people. We are in it in crises. We are in it in celebrations. Um, I never thought um, that I would ever do a wedding. I just thought, I don't like that. I'm a woman in ministry, but I don't need to do everything. You know, I don't want to do weddings. Wait until your old Young Life kids tell you they have met the love of their life. And they can't picture anybody else but you getting up there and um, having these vows uh, said to one another. And I was like, well, dang it, I'm going to find a pretty dress and I'm going to marry you. (laughs) Um, And I will tell you this, I mean, my friends are incredibly jealous. Um, I've made sure that in my life as an adult, um, I don't just surround myself with Young Life people. My husband was never a Young Life person. That kind of helps me have a broad range of friends. Um, But they're jealous. I'm telling you, there's this forced dependency on God that we get to experience um, in being in this type of ministry. I hope that when you show up to your school or whatever your context of ministry is where you're doing contact work, I hope that you're going, oh God, oh God, oh God. If you don't show up, none of this is going to mean anything. And so there's this constant dependency on the lore. That first time you gave a club talk, the first time you said hello to a kid not of your same skin color, the first time that you wanted to talk to the varsity cheerleader and you were never a varsity cheerleader, the first time that you talked to a kid with disabilities and you were afraid you were gonna mess that up, the first time you said hello to a parent of a middle schooler who was scared to death because you do not look like an adult to them, all of that <laughs> forces This Oh God, this Lord save me mentality. When I speak at summer camps, um, my day seven talk is basically if you want to know the secret to following Jesus, it is screaming out, Lord save me. When Peter was getting into um, the water, when Jesus called him out, when Jesus was walking on the water, Peter gets out of the boat. Um, Peter has that moment where he sees the wind and the waves and it's all crashing towards him. And he begins to drown. And a lot of people go, okay, so the secret to following Jesus is you got to get out of the boat. I mean, people have written great books about that mentality. And I said, yeah, it's partly that, but it's so much more what Peter did next, which is screaming at the top of his lungs, Lord, save me. And I'm telling you, if you want to come and be a part of the Young Life staff, I hope that is your daily prayer. I hope that is every moment of your life, because I think that's where spiritual maturity, however you want to define that, is found. In this life of living constantly dependent on him, saying less of me, more of you, God, but I am willing to be bold and courageous. You just got to supply everything that's going to come out as soon as I step out of that boat. And so there's times where I'm reading scripture and I'm in like a small group Bible study with like other women. And like now that I'm a mom, I like do like mom things with other women. And I'm reading scripture and I'm like weeping and I'm not even an emotional person. And my friends are like, why do you know Jesus like that? I've been following Jesus my whole life. Why do you know Jesus like that? I don't know. When I was in high school, I was the most pagan kid and a Young Life leader showed up. She brought me milkshakes. I told her it wasn't cool for her to show up at our school. And it wasn't helping the whole Young Life thing. So why is she coming? I was like, stop doing contact work. It's weird. And she kept bringing milkshakes. And I was like, okay. You know, you got me. It's fine. Um, Eventually, she and also through my older sister got to share the hope of Christ with me. And then it just kind of kept going. I became a volunteer leader in college. I went to Ohio State. I could have been involved in any ministry I wanted. It was like, if you've got blue hair and you love Jesus, here's a ministry for you. It's a massive campus. There's stuff for everything. I went to all of it and tried to find where my niche was. And I just kept coming back to Young Life. And I was just going, I just want to go and be with people. I want to hold out this hope. Because like that song that Ed was sharing that SOS song, I felt that. I feel that even though I know Jesus. And I know that every single person out there that we engage with, whether they are 80 years old or they are 11 years old, feels that. And I just thought, I want to be in that world. I want to be crying and shouting out right alongside of those people. And I want to do that for the rest of my life. I, even after college, decided to go and work for a church. Um, I didn't want to raise money, and in a church, they pass baskets, so that's way easier. Um, and I worked at a church for a good while, um, and I love the church. I was like almost just nominated to be an elder, and I was like, ooh, too much. Like, I'm, I'm all church. I'm, I'm in. Um, but I was working for the church, and I felt like I was emailing people instead of sitting with people. And I was still a volunteer leader while working at the church. And the pastor said to me when I told him, because a job opportunity came up with Young Life, and he said, I do not ever want to lose you, so please don't leave this church and this job. But I know you were made for that. And I was like, do you know that's our, like, tagline? (laughs) And, you know, he knew some about Young Life, but not really. Um, And so I hope, that in your gut, there's this part of you that goes, man, I could do a lot of really great things in this world. I could be successful in a lot of different ways, but there's something nagging inside of me that says, for some reason, I wanna show up at a JV football game more than be a part of a business deal. I'm gonna be a little hard, I hope that the reason you're not in here is because, well, I don't know, I've just been doing Young Life and I just figured that'd be like the next thing and I think people on stage are funny and I like to be funny. I I don't want to interview you because I'll be sad. So, um, don't be in that camp. Um, You're getting the Ross version of me. Some of my friends here have known me a little bit longer and they're going, yep, Ashley's being Ashley now. Um, Let me tell you a little bit um, about um, if you are maybe younger in college. So for a minute, let me speak to maybe some sophomores, juniors, and I want to talk to you about what I would hope you're doing while you're in college, while you're volunteer leading to prepare you to becoming on Young Life staff. Here's the first thing I would say is become a missionary. We are all familiar with mission trips. Anybody here go to Clemson? Have you ever gone on an FCA mission trip? Oh, no. Well, some of you have. Lots of you guys have been, how many of you guys have just been on a mission trip? Okay, thank you. That was a bad example before. We're gonna erase that from the tape. Don't record that, okay. so we all get the idea of a mission trip is that you gear up and you go and you come back and it's more of like a one week thing. And then a lot of times we feel like, gosh, I have really served myself in a lot of ways. Like I came back feeling all inspired, but a missionary goes and moves into the town. And our job as Young Life leaders, no matter what context you do that in, is that we are meant to be incarnational in the way that we do ministry. That we are bringing Jesus to people. We are being Jesus to people. We aren't just relational salesmen that show up for a week and drop by, but we really move in to their world. And so my hope is that even if your school is about 35, 40, maybe an hour from campus, mine was when I was in college, so suck it up, people. even if you're an hour from campus, my hope is that you've figured out how to really lay down roots in whatever area it is. And so my hope is that you're doing your grocery shopping, you're studying, um, you know, you're trying to find some adults that will have you for dinner so that way you can go up there at dismissal and then you can go do your homework study somewhere, run into kids, know the people in the community, and then you're like begging some adults, some parents to have you for dinner And then you've got club that night or you're going to a game. My hope is that you're actually moving in to the area and allowing your heart to bleed for the people that you are in ministry with. Um, The next thing is that I hope you're meeting people that you are in ministry with outside of Young Life. Let me explain what that means is... Um, my hope is that you are building relationships people just by doing contact work so just by showing up in their world so whether that's at the school or that is at a youth center or that is um, you know in whatever arena you're able to meet people if the only people that are following you are people that you met at club I'd say you're not pushing yourself far enough as a missionary in your area You've got the low-hanging fruit, and I'm so glad lost kids have shown up in your club. But my question is, did they get there because you've been stirring things up at your school, where people no longer ask you, why are you here? If they're still asking that question, you're just doing mission trips. Get to the point where you're so consistent in their world where it's just like, wow, well, that's Joe. I don't know what Joe did, but that's Joe. I love it when um, a kid finally comes to club and I've been in their world for a while and they like know my name even before I know their name. Just because I've become a regular. They might think I'm a teacher at their school, they might think I'm part of the janitorial staff but there's like, well that's Ashley, she plays this weird game in the parking lot where she puts a trash can in the middle of a circle of people and makes them all hold hands and then whips them in front of the trash can whoever touches the trash can first is out. That's classic in a parking lot. If you want to be kicked off of the campus, do that for a while. Or become great friends with the security guards. Get them to play a couple of times. It's classic. Um, so I hope you're meeting kids outside of club and campaigners. I hope that you are at the school enough building relationships with kids who scare you, quite frankly. I hope that when you're sitting there at lunch tables, that your campaigner kids wouldn't say, oh yeah, that's, that's Jimmy, he comes and he just has lunch with me. He walks past 12 other tables and ignores everybody, I don't know what that was, um, and walks past 12 other tables just to come sit with me. My hope is that every kid in that lunchroom knows that you're there for them, whether they're making fun of you and making side comments as you walk by or not. Lunchrooms are scary. That, those are scary. Scary places. I hope you're showing up in bus lots, a place where kids don't have cars, a place where usually more of um, a diverse crowd is. I hope you're bringing campaigner kids with you to bus lots and showing them how to see people as people and giving them a heart for people that they would never think they would interact with. Um, take kids to summer camp every year and I recognize if you are a wildlife leader or you're in a different focus ministry that might look different so hear the heart you'll understand this um, sometimes in young life we start out being a leader and we're like I'm going to be with the freshman guys I'm going to be their best friend they their seniors and graduate and although that can be really powerful for discipleship You've basically just limited yourself to about 10 guys for four years, which can be powerful, but I think there's more than that. Master plan of evangelism, it's a great, quick read. Jesus, yeah, he had about 12, and even in the 12, he had three that he was really close with and invested himself in. And depending on if you're Peter or John, they both think they were the one closest. I, you know, Jesus loved them both. Uh, they would say that they were the closest disciple, that Jesus really reproduced himself in but there was also a group of 72, and then there was also the groups of 5,000 or more. Jesus had small, intimate ministry where he was reproducing himself, and there was certainly discipleship part of it, but his vision was for the entire world to come to know him. And so if you've been placed as a leader and you've got those freshmen, and then when they're sophomores, you keep hanging with them, that might be a great way to manage your ministry, but you probably just walked past a kid that wasn't your grade level and just pushed them aside thinking some other leader would grab a hold of them. Your vision's gotta be bigger than that. Getting to the every summer part, okay. That's what I have notes. Um, My hope is that you would go to camp every summer. Um, And hear this, some people would go like, well I went to camp when they were freshmen or all of them decided to go to camp when they were sophomores so I went to camp once was in college and like I took my group and then they didn't go again again I would say the ministry is too small my hope is because you're meeting and building relationships with so many other kids because you're helping younger leaders build relationships that you would even go and let a younger leader take the star lead leading that cabin and you're there helping to support them or that you just keep meeting kids that you're running through a tape how many of you guys are graduating this year some of you guys Some of you guys, you're in second semester, senior year, maybe your extra senior year, or your extra, extra senior year. No judgment, but a tiny bit. Um, Maybe there's part of you are going, it's second semester, I'm just gonna coast. Me and my three guys, three girls, we're just gonna do video games or talk about Bachelor, you know, like that's just what I'm gonna do. I hope that on the very last day you are living in your town that you're meeting new kids or a new parent and the opportunity to share the gospel and to provide hope. Uh, Prove to yourself that you've got self-discipline. Here's what's tricky about the Young Life staff job is there are no micromanagers in, in our world. And so, yes, you will have a boss. That boss might even be at a distance. Maybe you get placed in an area where you're 15 minutes from the next kind of town and your area director's there and you're here. You've got to be able to prove to yourself and to us that you can wake up on time. You can organize your day so that way you're actually being productive, um, that you're actually building towards something. I hope maybe you got the chance to go to Ken Schultz seminar or to Neil Gardner's seminar we are building towards something. We don't just do coffee dates, and you know then show up at the school, and then we've got a dinner date. Like We don't just do free meals. Our job is building things. We are building communities of people. We're grabbing adults who would say, do you see these kids? Come with us. Come be a part of this. Help build this thing. Help sustain this thing. Be with us. And then we're grabbing whatever ragtag group of people who feel unqualified that are willing to not be awkward around the group of people that we're hanging out with. And we say, Come do this thing with me. And then we're grabbing campaigner kids and we're saying, Know that you are deeply loved by Jesus. And then let's go share that to everybody you know. And let's look at your high school radically different. that takes a lot of discipline and so while you're in college begin proving it to yourself this like la-la land world where you're like I've got class at 3 so I'll wake up at 2 30 you know like I don't know I might have never gone to an econ 100 class because the notes were online you know Um, build self-discipline now that is not something where just one day you get a real job and all of a sudden poof, I'm disciplined That is something you build and that you have to fight for. Some of you who are more type A and you're like, I don't even know what she's talking about. That's my second nature. Good for you, you know? And so some of these things you're going to need to start practicing. Practicing becomes behavior over time. Start going to bed at the same time every night. Start waking up at the same time. Maybe even work out. That is me being a total hypocrite. Um... (laughs) Start memorizing scripture if you don't already plan have a plan for that. There's nothing like creating disciplines in your life that breeds further discipline. And in this job, there's just not enough structure to it that's going to hold your hand through this. Um, I'm not going to talk about millennial stuff, but I'm telling you, I mean, I will for a second. Um, I'm sad that previous generations has not allowed you to fail enough. You've been uh, having people hold your hand for way too long. Um, And so I'm sorry. I mean, that's my generation's fault. We have rescued you too many times. Um, And so discipline probably will feel like you are swimming upstream. But figure it out. It's it's a skill. It's, It's not a gift. So it's something you can work at. Uh, build relationships with adults Um, in Young Life staff you spend probably half your day with adults and then half your day um, with kids and so there's this level of uh, competence this level of maturity this level of just getting over your own fear Um, and the best ways to get over that is practice it and so my hope is that when you're going to go pick up you know Sally um, for club or to go hang out. Uh, by the way, parents think what you're doing is really sketchy. Um, and I'll tell you what's even sad about the world today is I was an area director for a really long time and I would have parents um, who had like been to banquets before, like they were a little well-versed, but it was the first time a male leader had called their son and asked to hang out one-on-one. And the mom calls me terrified. one of our young athletes might be a predator in some way. And I was shocked and sad. Um, And so that's the world that we're in. But here's how we combat that, is we become adults. And we initiate conversations with adults. If I'm at a basketball game and I'm gonna hang out in the student section, I make sure I do just as much contact work in the adult parent world, I say to a kid, I say, hey, point out your parents to me. That kid may never walk you over to his parents, but you can walk over and say, hey, you're John's kid, or you're John's parents, right? I'm saying that right? You're John's parents. Man, I love your son. He's a riot. And the parent oh oh is, yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> Compliment them on their children and they will love you forever. You tell them, my name is first and last name. I'm a junior at ECU. I run this thing, Young Life, at this school. I love spending time with your kids. Hey, if you ever have any questions, I would love to talk more about that. When you go to pick up someone, do not text them and say, I'm here, come get in the car. Do not honk your horn. Go up to the front door. Kid will come to the door being like, oh, it's so embarrassing, you came to my front door? And they'll wanna rush past you and get in the car. Just say, hey, hang on, are mom and dad home? Anyone home? Sibling, anyone home? (laughs) Anyone who can vouch that I came and picked you up? (laughs) And then say, I'd love to meet your mom. Oh, she's busy, she's doing stuff. Okay, well, maybe text her and then when I drop you off, tell her I'd love to meet you. Man, that would calm a lot of fears. And that way when that mom is later on out talking with some other moms and that parent goes, oh, my kid wanted to go to that U.S. thing. Your kid go to that U.S. thing? Oh, yeah. You got to meet the leaders. They're phenomenal. I am so impressed with them. I mean, if my kid could turn out like that someday, that would be phenomenal. That's a hurdle. That's intimidating. And so I totally get that. So practice. Do the hard stuff in your car on the way there to pick up that kid. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Unless you show up, I cannot do this. Old school Young Life staff, maybe you had a separate closet in your trunk. Maybe some of you guys feel like you're still doing that. Because you have to be in front of so many different audiences as a Young Life staff person during the day. Like, you're gonna go play basketball with kids, you've got your gym outfit, and then you've got like a committee meeting or donor meeting, all of a sudden it's khaki pants. You know, I always think about when I'm interacting with adults, will they take me seriously? Um, I know that in college right now, if you're a guy, like long hair, maybe a fuzzy mustache, some of that is cool, especially if you're like at a UNCW or something like that. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, you might find a girlfriend that way, but you're going to have a harder time with a parent because you don't look like an adult yet. I'm sorry that's what society says. I'm just being brutally honest with you. Also, if you showed up to an interview, whether it's Young Life Staff or somewhere else, we're just going to wonder, hey, is this person ready to be an adult yet? Some of you are like, crap, i got to go find a girl tonight with clippers to cut my hair. <laughs> I'm just laying it out there. You let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, seek out an opportunity to be a team leader if you can. You might be um, you know, on a team where somebody else is kind of your age and you know, it makes more sense for them to be the team leader. I think um, it tests you in ways that you would not even know. Um, having to confront a co-leader on an issue, having to shepherd your team, having to love somebody who doesn't honor their commitments, having to show grace, and having to share some truth man that tests you and guess what that is every single day on young life staff because we're not just looking for great volunteer leaders we're looking for leaders of leaders and so all of that needs to be tested in you and you might decide i love young life but i, I want to be a leader on a team and so if that is you, I hope that you would commit to being a volunteer leader for the next five years once you graduate from college. Push through the hard part of the awkwardness of being older and just keep leading. But if you're going, man, no, I've even been affirmed by my team. Like I'm a team leader right now. My team like, actually likes the way I lead. You should ask them that, by the way, and then ask them to be honest. Hey, do you like the way I lead? What feedback would you give me? Am I too controlling? Am I, do I gossip about other co-leaders? Is there integrity pouring out of me in the way that I lead? You might right now be like, well, I'm a sophomore on my team. I'm going to be the best team leader my team has ever seen. Oh, just wait. (laughs) It's hard, but it's what we do. On Young Life staff, we are developing people all the time. The reason you're in this room is because someone's working on developing you. And so it's not just about the kids that we minister to, the teen moms that we invest our lives into. It's, it's groups of people. It's other believers that we are investing our lives into. Okay, for seniors, and some of that totally applied to seniors too. I get that. Here's the major things we are looking for in hiring Young Life staff people. And they all start with C's because in Young Life we like to do that. So um, we look for character um, almost first and foremost. So when I'm hiring someone, I'm going, do I trust and admire their character? Are they full of integrity? Do I trust them? Are their yeses a real yes? Or are they wishy-washy and they back out on stuff? Are they somebody who deeply in their gut loves Jesus and their vision for their life is to follow him as closely as possible? You know, some of us, we have a rebellious, you know, part of us and um, we don't like to fit into a mold. Part of that's a character thing. Ask yourself, what am I fighting against? Another question that goes with character is, how well do I submit to authority, even if I don't like them? Do I trust that they were put there for this period of time? And although I'm not a doormat, am I trusting that? There's a whole lot of stuff. That's really good stuff to ask a roommate who sees you in your non-performance side of things? That would be a really hard question. It would take a really good friend, to be honest with you, but to say... What's lacking in my character? What do I need God to speak into? Shannon, you're fine. Um, What do I need God to speak into? What area of my life have I not given fully over to the Lord? What maybe should I have gone to counseling about that I never really did? I've always hated, it's not true, but I've always hated my dad. And that manifests itself in other areas. Have I dealt with that? Has that become a character issue? Are you compassionate? Are you a hard worker? Are you teachable? My hope is that when you are listening to John Vickery speak or in any of these seminars, you've got a notebook out and you are just writing stuff down. Alex Holroyd, the one who was leading the um, 10 things, why you'll quit, young life, whatever, that guy has gotten to where he is the point where somebody on the regional staff would trust him to run any area in our entire region because he's a learner. He reads like a book a day. That's not true, but almost. (laughs) (laughs) Man, he's just wanting to soak it all in. You know what that is? That's humility. Um, Competence is the next thing that I'm looking for. I want to know, can you really do this job? Um, and that's really hard to measure, and so we look at your experience. You know, have you been giving club talks? Are you really at the school? How many kids are really following you? You know, are you just part of the team and, and, and a kind of a leader, but you never really grab hold of a group of kids, and you're never really moving them in a direction. Um, another thing, I, I, this is a real hard thing because I think um, – there's some phenomenal people who want to go on Young Life staff. And I'm like, sign me up to be your best friend, because I want you in my inner circle. But there's this thing on Young Life staff that kind of separates people, and it's your capacity for being high energy, which is a super weird thing. I don't mean the most peppy person in the room. I mean the person that could take this whole room right now and say, hey, y'all, come on, we're going over here. And like, yeah. okay, here we go. I don't know where we're going. We're going to the boat show. Um, (laughs) It's this ability to captivate a room, and you don't even have to be funny. I am not funny, but I just captivated the room, didn't I? Um, It's this ability to speak vision into a crowd of people in a trustworthy leadership manner where people are going to follow you. And, man, that's why character is most important. Because even if you have that type of charisma or that leadership ability – I need to trust that you're leading people to Jesus and not to yourself or not to this program that we do. And not so that you can be like, so how many kids you got coming to club? I got more, cool, great, because I do funny things at club and kids keep talking about it and they're coming. That's why character is the most important. Another part of competency is, are you somebody who feels like they have the capacity for more? On Young Life staff, we are juggling 12 things all the time. If you were to read the job description on the Young Life website to become a staff associate, uh, which is what you are your first three years on staff, or if you look at the area director job description, there's no person that is all of those things. We're juggling way too many things, so we have to be realistic with what we're (laughs) inadequate about. Um, But to some degree, like an Andrew Kaler in the back of the room, Sometimes I would say, Andrew, you need more boundaries in your life. But he is somebody who always has capacity for more. There's just this like hunger inside of him that doesn't quit. Um, and so in my role of caring for staff, I will have to say to Andrew, no, you're taking your sabbatical now. Like you're, you're adding in healthy things to your life because you're a go, go, go. And it's Shannon right next to him, same type of person. And so ask yourself, like, are you exhausted at the end of the day? It just was way too much. I would say be a part of Young Life. Do this. This is the ministry for you. But staff might not be the right fit. Um, and granted, you're in college and you're, like, doing 12 million things, so don't take that so literally. Take, like, the little chunk in there. Don't make it huge. Um, The other thing we look for on your staff is chemistry. And so when you're working with other people, do they like you? (laughs) Like, do people get along with you? I um, have been told in my life um, that I don't show as much tact or that I've even been abrasive. I'm from Ohio. I don't do, like, the southern pleasantries of bless your heart and um, those are things where I've had to realize even if my character is solid and my competency is right there I'll I'll never be able to really be fully in this ministry if people can't stand to be around me because sometimes we're hurtful even though we don't know that we're hurtful sometimes the way we lead we think we're killing it but we need a co-leader to say gosh you just You step on people's toes, like a lot. You don't listen very well. And so we look at chemistry because you're working with people on Young Life stuff. And so people stuff has to be what we're good at. So ask hard questions of your friends and roommates. Hopefully they'll tell you some honest stuff, and then you'll cry a lot, but you'll work on it. Um, Another uh, thought in that is how do you interact with the opposite sex? Are you awkward? Are you flirtatious? Do you lead people on? Have you figured out how to just be friends with somebody of the opposite sex? And I'm one of those people that would say, you cannot be best friends with somebody without some type of attraction going on. So even in that relationship, are you being hurtful to that person who's your best friend? We have to work in um, scenarios where we work with opposite sex all the time. Um, and in Young Life, we are so great at having healthy boundaries Say, Girls, we want you to focus on girls, and guys, we want you to focus on guys, and that is absolutely what we should be doing. But My co-leaders are gonna be of opposite gender, I hope, so that I have some guy leaders with me. People I work with on staff are going to be. The leaders that I am caring for are going to be. How's that dynamic? Um, I uh, hung out with Davidson College kids for a long time. And I had a freshman um, in college come to me who wanted to be a leader. And in her inter- interview, she said to me, this is just to be a volunteer there." she comes to me and she goes, one thing, uh, the first time I ever talked to a boy, not about schoolwork, was um, at new leader training. <laughs> I was like, oh. She was like, is there an all-girls school I could lead at? And I was like, nope. <laughs> um, those are things, if that's a hurdle, start crossing it. <laughs> All right. Um, just some last things to consider and then I'd love just to open it up for questions if you've got one there's so many things I probably didn't say that you're wondering about one um, well, of the first things I'd want you to consider is are you willing to be sent when you apply to Young Life staff you're not saying and I would really love to be in Charleston, South Carolina or I'd love to be in Wilmington or man, Charlotte seems cool because I once went to a convention center there um You are a missionary and you are trusting that people are prayerfully going to send you out. Um, And so you might have some parameters to that. Maybe you're already engaged and your spouse is in one situation or another that forces you in a specific location. We don't know that we'd have a job there for you. But in this mentality, are you willing and open to the Lord to say, gosh, if I apply to the Carolinas region, that's all of North and South Carolina. And for some of you guys, that's like a dirty word for the other one. (laughs) Um, Am I willing? Am I willing to say, Lord, I relinquish control. The thing that I cherish most in life, I relinquish control, and I'm willing to go where you would send me. When I first came on the Young Life staff, I literally thought that the Lord was going to be in a season of pruning in my life where he needed to refine some things. Um, And so I entered the Young Life staff thinking, this is going to be a really hard couple of years. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I felt like my reason for going on Young Life staff was just out of this obedience. I had prayed about it. I really didn't want to go on Young Life staff. But the more I prayed about it, the more the Lord was like, yeah, you're doing this. And I know you feel inadequate. And I know you feel like everything's a mess. But you're doing this. So I walked in being like, that's going to be Psalm 23, though I walk through the shadow of death. Like that's what enters Young Life staff ass, And then there was just this beauty of relinquishing control, becoming a missionary and delighting in it. And I'll tell you, these 12 years have been amazing. It wasn't hard and sad. Sure, it was lonely. If you come on staff, the first thing I teach you about is loneliness. So we'll get there. Don't worry about it. Um, another question that I have is, are you graduating with like so much debt that you feel like you've just got this backpack full of loans? Um, that's such a reality nowadays. I would not discourage you from applying to life staff. One of the things that we do equip you with in the application process is we outline for you exactly what your salary will be. We outline for you exactly how much money you raise towards that. Um, And so you will know your financial position. Um, You also know what the benefits are, what the 401K is, all of the things your parents would love to know. Is this a real job? I'm telling you, you've got better benefits, and I'm talking um, medical insurance, all of those benefits. It's probably better than what your parents receive from their own jobs. Young Life does a great job at caring for their staff in that way. I forgot what I was talking about Oh yeah, debt And so for you, that's part of becoming an adult Going, yes Lord, I feel like I am called to this But also being realistic To go, okay Lord, I owe this much to people And I do have to pay them back And this is how much money I'll be earning And if I also have car loans And car insurance and all these other things Like do the math Be an adult and figure out Do I need to go work a job for two years and pay off this debt and then promise myself I will be calling Ashley Flowers and my area director, and keep leaving in that time, by the way, um, and call Ashley Flowers and say, all right, I whittled my debt down to half. Like, I ate rice and beans for two years to make sure that I felt freedom in coming on Young Life staff, where I wasn't sweating at every moment. Again, that's not this hard and fast rule. I'm just telling you, make adult decisions in that, but listen to the voice of God. Another thing is, how do your parents feel about this? Your parents could be um, the most uh, influential Christians in your town, um, the most generous people, but this idea of you going on Young Life staff might scare them. Because it's not a conventional job, it doesn't provide all the security in the world. You're basically jumping in a job where you're saying, I'm signing up for rejection from people that are in their tweens.
1: You know, like,
0: <laughs> I am signing up for a hard life. I'm gonna go to a lot of funerals in my job. I'm gonna walk through a divorce. I'm gonna sit with people in hospitals after they chose to try and take their life the night before. It's heavy emotionally, it's heavy spiritually, it's even heavy physically. And your parents are parents. And they're just going, I just want so bad to protect my kid. And whether they're Christians or not, they want to love you and protect you. And so are you having the conversations with them? Do you have to have their blessing to come on Young Life staff? Not really, you're an adult. But I think it's worth giving your parents, you know, the conversation, helping them come to understanding, showing them what the sound like, that it is a real job, talking that through. All right, actually applying, this is how the process goes. In November of every year, your area directors get an application packet from me. It is then their job, sort of in that Thanksgiving, Christmas time period, to uh, tap people on the shoulder that they think should apply for Young Life staff that year. And basically, uh, you cannot come on the Young Life staff without your area director's recommendation. Um, and so uh, if you know right now you're maybe a sophomore or junior and you want to go on the young life staff tell your area director groom me help me get there i know i'm a hot mess right now help me get to this place like i I feel god stirring this in me now um maybe you're realizing it is january and you're going you're a senior or even older than that and you're going my area director didn't tap me on the shoulder (laughs) crap um That's okay. They may not have understood your interest. Um, And also, I think it's a great conversation. And so if you are leaving here going, I missed the boat. I didn't have that conversation with my area director. I never applied. Um, Talk to your area director. That's your next step. Um, Maybe they'll shine some light on an area of your life. And then maybe it looks like you're applying next year. Or maybe they're going, I just thought you were closed off to this and then maybe we'll figure out a way to make it happen this year. Um, So let me fast forward past, uh, applications are always due in January, so applications have already been due. Um, And then you do a first round interview with somebody from um, our lead team in the region. And then if you pass through that, you'll come to another interview process face-to-face with a group of area directors. And then if you pass through that, um, then we begin thinking through, all right, Where are we gonna send these people? I look at all the people we wanna hire, I look at all of our openings, and then we just kind of begin going, what about this person there? And we pray about it, and we pray about it, and we pray about it, what about this person here? And then once we have the puzzle together, I start making phone calls and I say, hey, I'm about to send you to go meet the area director in this area and you're gonna have your first interview with the area director to make sure this is the right fit. Um, assuming that goes through then you meet with the committee and so all of that's taking process through the spring and so if you've kind of decided in November hey I'm I'm on board for this Young Life staff thing it's a long process in the spring is when you find out legitimately where you're gonna be and then you spend the summer um, fundraising we give you a fundraising coach that's personal to you that you have uh, interaction with, that person's also on the Young Life staff. And so they get it. They've raised that same amount of money as you. Um, We also send you to a conference. Like, we're giving you all the tools um, to make you as successful as possible. Um, You have to raise that money before you actually come on the Young Life staff. Um, So most people's hire date would be August 1st. Um, But if the money wasn't raised, then we just kind of have to keep pushing that back. Um, So that's kind of how the hiring process happens each year. There's also scenarios where um, we lose a staff person because they needed to leave staff for X, Y, or Z reasons, sort of a mid-year thing. Um, And then that's when either I've got people that we wanted to say yes to but couldn't because we didn't have enough openings. And so I get them on the phone and I say, leave that Bank of America job now. I got a job for you, like, come on. Um, so it's good just to know who you are there's also people that will go gosh my timing I I wasn't at the right timing and then there's all of a sudden this job opportunity that comes up at a a random time of the year where wouldn't be a typical fall hire um, and those happen as well best thing would just be keep communicating with your area director keep leading keep asking people to share hard things with you um, and just keep growing and keep asking Lord Lord, is this you tapping me on the shoulder? And what do I do with that? I don't look like my area director. Or I don't sound like, you know, my team leader. Should I still be doing this? The answer's probably yes. All right, I'm going to open it up for questions. We've got about 10 minutes. Maybe less. I can't. tell whole time. Um, <laughs> who's got a question? Yeah. So I think a lot of the stuff that you talked about had to do. what would you recommend or what would you say to encourage somebody that is part of starting a school and maybe like, never really led a or, a team, or yep. never given a club talk or a campaigners or yep. a or, you know. that's great so the question was um, so it sounds like to prove my competency um, I will have had to have given so many club talks and campaigners What what if I got placed at a school that's starting new ministry we haven't had a club yet Um, I will say you're bringing a different set of competency. Usually when you come on staff, you are starting a new school. Um, And so you know what it means to pray. You know what it means to persevere. You know contact work better than a lot of other people. Um, And then starting a ministry is like none other. First time I started um, a school was Hopewell High School, and I filled a journal in the first month. With just, oh my gosh, a kid texted me back. Like, this is amazing. It was like every single thing was a miracle. When you're starting a ministry, you're basically um, earning your, your badges, you know, um, because that is a hard road. Kids are not just going to be like, yeah, I want to come to that weird thing where you sing and do skits and then someone talks to me about Jesus. Like, they have to be a little bit shown and enticed into what young life is, and that takes a long while. Here's also what I would say, though, is if you're part of an area that does, like, all-area club or things like that, ask your area director, hey, would you be willing to let me speak at all-area club? That's so scary, especially if you're in a huge area. But there's part of you that's going, but I've never done it, and I'm going to have to, so I need to start doing it. Here's the other thing you could do. Write club talks. You're not having club yet, maybe your school. Start writing club talks. You've been trained, hopefully, if you haven't, tell your director, maybe tell me. Um, But you've been trained to write a club talk, but it's all uh, theoretical until you actually start planning it and then executing it. So plan out some club talks, and then maybe even ask your roommates or even ask your staff, hey, can I give you this club talk? It's not going to be good. It's my first one ever. I don't have kids yet to give it to. Can I give it to you? In an interview, I'd go, that sounds great. Same thing with campaigners, all of that. Um, there's so much, you know, minutiae in having actually done it. But, man, if you've been part of starting a ministry and you've been faithful in that, I would love to see you on the Young Life staff. Other thoughts? Yeah. Um, so say you you feel called to ministry, but you don't know what capacity that is, if it's working for Young Life, working at yeah. camp, working at a church. Yep. How do you recommend walking Yep. In terms of working for the church or working for Young Life, there's so many different churches out there, um, and you all are uniquely wired. Um, There's a way you can shadow, there's a way you can intern, if there is a way where you can have an honest conversation with um, one of the pastors or someone on staff, like the more you could see an on the job experience. Um, in a church setting um, I would try and experience that um, there's also small opportunities um, every few years where a church wants to do a church partnership with Young Life where the church is paying part of your salary Young Life's paying part of your salary and you work for both the church and Young Life it takes a really unique individual to thrive in that Austin Drake and Charlotte is doing that right now he is thriving um, and he loves it. And he does not know if his career will be in Young Life or the church yet. But right now, he's like, I am where I am and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say talk to a lot of people. When you're thinking, you know, do I want to work at a camp? And maybe you're going in a Young Life camp. Um, property staff is so different than um, what we call field ministry. Um, and so doing summer staff does not give you a taste for that. Um, being um, an intern... Uh, whether that's summer or year-long, year-long would give you the best taste for that, and so if you, and I don't know when applications are due on the property side of things, but if you're really considering, man, maybe I'd want to be a property staff, try and pursue a year-long internship. It's just a year, and maybe you need that year to work on some things in your own life. That would be a really good taste, and you'll probably know right away. Um, we actually had somebody who came to the application process last year, wanted to go on field staff, Ended up denying the job and went and did a year long internship. Some of y'all know this person. Um, And he's now there doing the year long internship. And he's like, Yep, not me. Not me at all. Um, And so that's okay. You're figuring that out. Um, Did I answer your question at least okay? Okay. I was hoping for adequate. What is some advice for someone who's already graduated college but feels called to staff? Yeah, come on. I would rather hire a 25-year-old or 30-year-old than a 22-year-old, and you all know why. Um, if you've worked a job and you've done well, and you've had to already have a boss, man, you've already learned things that I don't have to teach you in your first couple years on staff. Um, have you kept leading, or do you take a step back from leading? I'm still leading. Okay, even better. Um, I didn't come on staff right out of college. I worked for a church for a little bit. You guys heard me say that. Um, yeah, it just means you're more mature. So come on. I'd be pumped about that. Um, just, I don't know how to phrase it, but how would you suggest to like specifically pray for discernment in staff, suicide? staff, staff? Like, yeah. What do you want to say? Yeah. A huge part of this is calling. And ooh, that's a weird Christian word, right? You know, like some people are like, the Holy Ghost called me. And then some people are like, I don't know, I had a gut feeling. Um, My hope is that you live a life surrendered to God. So whether he wants to shout it or whisper it, your ears are in tune to God's voice. Um, And God does not micromanage his will um, in your life. And so if I, all of a sudden did this and i shimmied in this i am not outside of god's will because he didn't plan. you know what i mean like it is not that narrow um so to say but i do believe that if god is saying yes i want you to live your life with lost people young life can be a great context for that but don't so don't hold so tightly to young life where it's like i have been called to young life no You are called to be a disciple of the king, and you are meant to live your life with lost people. You could do that selling insurance. Read Tim Keller's books. He's great at talking about, you know, that stuff. Um, Every Good Endeavor, great Tim Keller book if you're graduating college and trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, So I wouldn't worry about the narrowness of it. In terms of praying, all the time, every day, throughout the day. That's all I got. I mean, I feel like that's just living our life, surrender to him. And you say, Lord, if you want to whisper, if you want to shout it, if you want me to be walking across the street and then somebody comes up to me and says, you should go on Young Life staff, like, I'll, you know, whatever you want, Lord. Um, I was sitting in a hotel room begging the <clears throat> Lord, is this what you really want from me? And it was like I almost felt like if I didn't do it, I would be disobedient. And it wasn't this, gosh, I really want to do it. Lord, please grant this wish of mine. It was just this, like, man, Lord, I just would be fearful if I didn't do it because I feel so strongly that you're in this. Um, that's going to look different for everybody. So, all right, we got time for one more. Yeah, Marissa. Uh, do you have any advice for folks who maybe have done a specialized ministry for the last four years? So, you have know, like college, wildlife, perennial. Yep. Yeah, some of you guys got placed in a, you know, specialized or focused ministry. Um, you know, maybe got placed as a wildlife leader, and you're like, I didn't choose that. I now love it. But now that's the only thing I've ever done. And so could I get a job working with high school? You know, should I just stay in my lane of middle school? Um, all that's really tough to say. Again, it would come back to the competence. Like, obviously, we would trust your character, you know, if you're passing all of that, you know, chemistry calling, all that. But if you've never really done it, they are different animals. And so if you've been a wildlife leader and you're thinking, I really think I'd wanna go on Young Life staff doing high school, or gosh, I've been doing high school, but I think I wanna do Capernaum, I would say, have that conversation with your area director and say, how can I begin gaining exposure and experiences in this other ministry? Um, And they might say, ooh, the timing, like, but let's make that transition and we'll work that out. But you really do need to have some experience in whatever ministry you're hoping to be a part of in order for that to work out. Um, somebody who's applying right now, they've been uh, primarily a wildlife leader, but then they started getting experience with high school because they were trying to figure out, I don't know, I've never done high school. I want to figure out, like, do I love both or do I just really love 12-year-old guys? You know, like, is that my jam that I see? To stick to it. Um, and so have those conversations with your area director about how to gain experience in, in any and all of it. All right, I would love to pray. Um, I'm gonna hang out for a short bit, but I'm super hungry, so I won't stay around for long. Um, if you need to ask a specific question, again, if you're thinking I want to be on your staff, go talk to your area director. Have those conversations. I'd love to see you someday. God, we love you. We need you. This is scary stuff. But God, how cool. God, that someone would actually pay us, would believe us, to show up in lost places. Where people are crying out help, they're crying out SOS. And God, we are not the savior, we are not the healer you are. But God, that we would get to be maybe the ambulance that shows up to the hospital, maybe. We would be a vessel, we would be a willing person. God, would you meet us where we're at? God, would you help fill in some of the questions? God, we love you. We need you. Pray for these friends. God, would they be ministers of the gospel for the rest of their life, no matter where their paycheck comes from. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Life Midlands Podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe, and we'll have more good content coming your way.